Welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. We're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture, why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential, and discussing practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. My name is Pastor Cliff, and I'm here with Pastor Matt, and our topic today is one that we both have been talking about for years. Yeah, this is something that we actually is we think is very, very important because it's come up so often in youth ministry and within homes and families. And that's the topic of busyness. Yes. And so let's set the scene for, for a moment. Um, school has just started uh, recently in the past month or so. And so almost every single teenager is already getting overwhelmed with schoolwork, with sports activities, with other extracurricular activities. If you have a junior or senior, they're starting to think about college and we have so many different schedules that we have to go into. I see some families having these um, planning apps or something that has their schedule that every a family member sees. And you see these schedules just being filled every day from like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. And there's not even homework time in there. And so it, we find this idea of busyness happening in almost every single household because everyone has got at least five or six things that they're doing alone. Yeah. And I think what Cliff and I have both experienced and, and a number of other pastors and families is that we encounter students all the time that are sharing their stories about how overwhelmed they are. Yeah. And sometimes like for myself, I've been, I've had the chance to go across the journey of watching students in high school, then go into college and then kind of seeing where they are now. And you've watched their story unfold in terms of seeing how the busyness has kind of wrecked their lives. Like I think of like two or three yeah. stories. One was there was a student when I was first here at Bridgeway that um, he was like really, really good at football. And uh, so his parents had him like going all out for football and working out and all that kind of stuff. But he was really thirsty to grow deeper with the Lord. And yeah. so when he would make it to youth group, which was rarely, um, it would rock him. And he would he would express this desire to grow. And then he even went to Mexico and did one of our missions trips. And he like came back. He was ready to drop football. And he was going to be having to join volleyball and in third sport. It was like he was going to be like that. And his parents pulled him out of the church because they wanted him to go on this track. And it it was sad. And then what was, I think, worse is two years later, I found out that he blew his knee out and he wasn't even able to do sports anymore. And and so that's one example. There's another example. um, Well, a couple's, but but there was a a girl in our youth group that um, she was on one of those competitive soccer teams. So she did soccer 10, 11 months out of the year and was constantly having to go to these practices and constantly at tournaments on the weekends. Rarely at the group, but started getting involved in the group. Again, went on our Hume trips, our missions trips. And and something clicked where she realized at a certain point that soccer was not going to be her future. So why, what, why was she doing so much and committing so much, her parents committing so much money and her committing so much of her time when this wasn't going to be her future? And so she made the decision to pull out and you watched her thrive the moment that wasn't the peace. And now we're not saying like soccer or sports or any of those things are evil, but we're just giving you ex- examples. And then one of our middle school leaders, and I, I don't think she'd mind if I share this, she shared her testimony one time, um, Bethany, about how she was hardcore into volleyball to the point where she was driving to Elk Grove and Lodi to go to volleyball practices for this competitive team. Yeah. And there became this point where she realized, what am I doing? I'm using all these hours for something that I, I guess I enjoy, but I'm not going to have this be my career. I want to be a teacher. Yeah. And so she finally came to that point and how much that 
spiritually affected her. Cliff, you have some stories, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, and uh, I'm reminded of the beginning, um, maybe the middle of the school year this last year, we had kids write down their schedule because we were talking about busyness and we had them write down their schedule. And as I was looking over every single piece of paper in the room, I saw that most kids don't start their homework until about 10 p.m. Now, most kids, they have to wake up at 7, um, maybe even earlier to get to school on time and, and to get to get to a, you know, zero hour if they have choir or band or something like that. Um, so their days are so booked that they don't even have time to do homework until, until 10 p.m. And I'm not a brain person. I don't know much about the brain, but I can tell you at 10 p.m., your brain does not work as well as it did earlier in the day. <laughs> so we have, we have this idea of, you know, we want our kids to to thrive and get A's on their tests and get A's on their homework. But when they're starting their homework at 10 p.m., it's kind of hard to really put your best foot forward. Yeah. And I can tell you even stories in my own life. When I was in high school, um, I had soccer, I had volleyball, I had football for one moment in my life. I had band. I had so many different things that I that I was doing. And I could relate to that. And I can relate to that. And I look back and I it all comes down to this. And this is something we're going to be talking about a lot in this episode is this word time. It all comes down to time. We all know that we say the phrase, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. The reality is we all have the same amount of time, but we choose to use it differently. Yeah. So we have to understand that everyone has the same amount of time, but we need to make decisions to make sure that our time is used to the best of our ability. Yeah. Right. And there was a good uh, good uh, article I found. It was an article. It was really a report from Barna Research that they had done some research on this specific area. And this is in the last couple of years. And what was interesting about it, and this is what we want you especially to hear any parents that are listening is, when they surveyed parents and youth directors on this issue of busyness, only 11% of parents thought their child was too busy. Yeah. But 75% yeah. of youth directors or pastors cite teen busyness as the main obstacle to ministry and to students growing. And so we have to look at that and go, what's going on here that the perceptions are so different that what parents are seeing or what what youth leaders are seeing um, – kind of have such a contrast. And they went through and they had other information about how like 47% of students are involved in sports, 35 in band or music, 18% are working, 13% are in art or photography, 12, uh, 9% are involved in academic clubs. And that's not even taken into AP classes, your regular schoolwork, your friendships, and then any other extracurricular pieces that come up. And so like Cliff said, we're, we're trying to figure out how do we how do we speak about the time and the space and the rhythms? Yeah. For your students, because this is something that we as youth pastors and as people in ministry, and this is for all youth pastors, they want to work with you to help figure out that time, space, and rhythm with your kids. But it's got to be a mm-hmm. collaboration of, yeah. of the ministry and the community with you parents. And so um, um, and so that's, again, like when Cliff was going through all these things and that exercise they did with the students, it's really good because it really makes you have to look at your kids, um, your teenager's life and go, Okay, for the exception of school, what are they doing from three to like seven p.m.? Like, what's what's taking up their time, and yeah. is and is it actually part of the value system and the priorities that they're supposed to have in life? And not just what our culture says or what you have as a priority as a parent, but is it really something that's healthy? And then even more, what's happening from seven to midnight? Yeah, right. And and some and we know that every student is different. Like we know that some of you are going to go, hey, I have kids that they're like playing video games and dinking around for like, you know, two or three hours. And we know yep. that that's, it's every Fortnite. household is different, but 
we have to talk about what's filling up that time. But we want to share with you a piece that to me has always been foundational to addressing this issue a lot and why Cliff cares about it, why I care about it. Um, Rick Lawrence used to write for Group Magazine, uh, which was a youth ministry magazine that came out. And he did this survey at one point called The Secret Dreams of Teenagers. And it's not like the title doesn't sound as as connected to this subject. (laughs) But um, what it was is that they would would interview 20,000-plus Christian teenagers who are out serving um, at this ministry that group would put on, and they would ask them questions. And one of the questions they asked them is they said, what is your biggest challenge in growing deeper in your relationship with God? And the number one answer for 20,000 teens was, I'm too busy to grow deeper with God. And they had all these statements. My busy schedule is always conflicting. I'm very busy with other things. I don't have enough time. I'm busy with countless obligations. It's hard to be committed because sometimes friends, family, and sports get in the way. I'm constantly busy, and I forget that I can always turn to him. But that even makes sense, too, because in our culture today, being busy is a badge of honor. I mean, Mm -hmm. so many people come up to me and say, hey, Cliff, are you staying busy? And I always say, I hope not, (laughs) (laughs) which is so countercultural. I I think a lot of us, we want to be busy. We want our time to be filled every minute, every every day, because when we have a lull in our life, you know, we don't feel, we feel this guilt of we should be doing something. Yeah. You know, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was I was preaching a main service um, at, at Bridgeway and I talked about this idea that one night I came home on a Tuesday night and I wasn't doing anything. And I turned to my my roommate and I was like, I feel weird not doing something on a Tuesday night. And he told me, no, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think even for you as a parent, when you don't have something going on one night and maybe you're hanging out with your kids um, but a part of you know that that's a good thing to hang out with your family, but part of you is like, I should be working. There's maybe I should be going to soccer practice, taking some kid somewhere or something like we, our brains, as soon as we rest for one second, we think about something else that we should be doing. Yeah. And so busyness becomes something that we like doing. So even these kids saying, I don't have enough time to relax and pray. It's like, well, that's a good enough excuse. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because because no one really is pushing or challenging them because yeah. they're already overloaded. Exactly. And a lot of you parents, I mean, you're hearing this and going, yeah, we know that this is for adults as much as it is, it is. for teens. But this is where as parents and as communities, we are setting the models and the patterns before our kids and often setting up the expectation. Yeah. Um, there's a great book called Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. It's a really thin little book because it – he knows that people are busy and don't have enough time to read, but he makes this statement in it that I think is pretty amazing because, because it scares me. <laughs> so it's an amazing, like fearful, amazing. Cause he says, busyness kills more Christians than bullets. And I was Ow. like, Whoa, what do you Ow. mean? And he's looking across the amount of people persecuted and actually like killed for their faith. And he's like, there are more people that are being strangled out drowning from busyness Christians that whether it's anxiety, stress leading into suicide or just walking away from the faith that he says, busyness kills more Christians than bullets. And, and so this is something that's important to talk about. And, uh, and I think this is where we have to come back to that, that concern as you've heard from pastor Cliff and myself. Um, but to even make it more like pointed, um, like, like I've seen the busyness, we've seen the busyness, we've seen the dozens of commitments, the expanding expectations, Everything that we have watched people accept and blend into their lives, and we know that people are not just doing one or two things. They're doing like 5, 10, 15. Yeah. And we see people that are suffering in their faith, and they don't have time to go deeper. They don't have time to get to church, and they're in this 
partial attention and overload and overwhelmed. And it makes us so sad because we are watching, and you are watching this as parents too, you're watching your teens that are stressed and they're anxious and they're depressed and they're breaking commitments and they're they're starting to have scarred relationships and they're very critical and judgmental of what they're doing or what others are doing. And this unhealthy competition keeps opening up and you see these people that want to go deeper and yet they feel like they're drowning. Yeah. And that really eats away at us as pastors because we watch this and and I know lots of times we'll blame, we'll blame so many of these things on other th- pieces, but we won't address this issue. And it's because we're all really lame, adults and teens, at downsizing our lives, uh-huh. of removing things that weigh us down. Um, and, and then I know that some of you as parents, you're going, yes, I agree with all of this, but every time I try to talk with my son or daughter, they're so burned out that they're emotionally distant. Yeah. That when you, you try to ask them how they're doing and if this is too much, they're just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. And, and they almost don't even know how to almost express how they're feeling until they get to rock bottom. And then that's mm-hmm. when it starts getting scary because that is when you're starting to see suicidal thoughts. You're starting to see anxiety that actually comes to breakdowns yeah. and, and then sometimes lashing out at other people or even worse, leading towards drugs, alcohol, or just something that they feel like will numb this feeling. And so, uh, so this is hard. Like this is a big issue, yeah. as you can see. And, and I'm sure, as as you're listening to this this episode, you're you're feeling the weight. You already know that this is an issue that maybe you have personally, or maybe your family has at a whole. And maybe you're listening to Pastor Matt and I talk about this. You're like, I get it. I get the get the reason. Um, but why is it like that? And how can I get out? Well, you're listening to the right episode. <laughs> yeah. Because hopefully and- we'll be giving you guys some things in this episode that will help you kind of discern what you need to add and what you need to take away from your life. And I think one of the first things that we can talk about in regards to busyness is busyness has a lot to do with expectations. So I think about a teenager and when they get into junior, senior year of high school, they have this expectation that they need to find their college. It needs to be the perfect college. They need to make perfect grades on the ACT and SAT, which I didn't, and I still made it in the college. And PPOs and yeah. HMOs, yeah. <laughs> and they have so many expectations that are put on them. They feel like they need to say yes to everything to add up to those expectations. Yeah. Um, they they have so many things that are asking for their attention. Yeah. That are asking for their focus. And and it's this blend, and it's really challenging because sometimes it's internal expectations that the, the student themselves has an expectation that they want to be a certain way, accomplish a certain amount. Um, yeah. They want to prove themselves because that's, again, what our culture builds up. And then a lot of it is also external, that there's a lot of expectations coming from the outside. But these are forming their mindsets, the way they pick what events they go to and what they don't, the way they approach relationships of varying depths. And um, and so so really, like I was reading one thing that it kind of says the three core things that all people, but teens especially, are having to usually figure out in terms of ex- expectations is that their schedule is based off of what are the details of my world that yeah. I have to kind of keep on top of? What's the next deadline mm-hmm. that I have to hit? And what are, how do I keep the people in my life relatively happy? Yeah. My friends, my relationships, if they have a boyfriend or girlfriend, and then their parents. And then there's that can expand even farther. Yeah, and I think one thing that I would add to that um, list is most every teenager is struggling with comparison. Mm-hmm. So they see their friends doing all of these sorts of activities outside of school, and they think, man, I need to be doing that too. 
Um, they see family members doing that. I know for me, I had an older sister who got straight A's, was super smart, was in all of the extracurricular stuff. So I was growing up thinking, oh man, I, I need to be doing just as many things as she, she does. Yeah. And the thing with teenagers, they don't understand that comparison kills all joy. I mean, even adults, we know that and we still compare every single day to other adults. And so we have to understand that this is an idea that most every teenager thinks about because as adults, again, we, we want to try to relate to them as, as most, as much as we can. But if we don't understand that they're trying to be busy because everybody else is trying to be busy, um, then we won't be able to have those, those fruitful conversations. Yeah. And just to clarify, if you're listening and going, well, our kids can handle it. They, we don't want them to become lazy and yeah. sitting around and not feeling like they have to accomplish anything. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, because we're not talking about people that aren't doing anything. We're talking about when they get to a point where it's actually choking out their opportunity to grow deeper with the Lord and to thrive. Yeah. Right. Um, I like Eugene Peterson has a great quote on this where he says, we are busy because we're actually lazy. And I'm like, what? He says, we submissively sit and let others expectations define who we are and what we do. And so constant distractions rush in and they reassemble our priorities. And, and he's saying that like part of what happens is that rather than allowing our expectations to be formed by the Lord and to be informed by our identity in, in, in our relationship with God, we end up allowing everyone else to set our expectations. And so yeah. teens, they're getting it not only from internal, but they're getting it from their parents, which is you. They're mm-hmm. getting it from their friends, their teachers, their coaches, their managers at jobs, yeah. their pastors yeah. even. even. And, and yeah. sometimes it's not a verbalized expectation, mm-hmm. but they can just see that, oh, this person praises someone when they're doing all of this. And even perception too. Perception is huge. And and, and this, just think about these, about, about terms of expectations that are set. A lot of teens know that they're supposed to be a good, well-rounded kid so that they can be a good, well-rounded citizen, that, that they know that and they hear this growing up, that they're like a reflection of their parents. They feel like they have to fit into the status quo. Um, they have to do good in school. And, and good in school now is no longer just straight A's. And that's the thing that I, I remember started eating me up as I watched this as yeah. a pastor, is it was no longer about just getting A's. It was about getting into as many AP classes as you can yep. so that you can get into a good college, so you can get a good job that makes good money, so you can have sufficient amount of stuff and comfort and do all the vacations and make also all of your dreams come true. Yep. And and suddenly, we see it on TV. <laughs> yeah. It's and I suddenly thing. you realize that that's a huge expectation that all hinges on the classes they're taking, whether or not they can handle it or not. And and then what's scary is that I feel like even within Christian circles, we make we make hard work and busyness a virtue. Yeah. And 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 obviously hard work is a, a character element, but but busyness is not a virtue. Work is work is good. But it doesn't make it that it's the highest thing that we we do, and so it's kind of this this hard piece. And we're not even addressing the extracurricular, right? Like we yeah. we could talk about that, but then even sports. And you've heard us mention this a little bit. A lot of students feel that that aspect of they have to be excellent at a sport, sport like scholarship level, which is why it's no longer that you just play a sport for a semester or you play it for a season. It'll be you play season or you play year round in comp teams, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of you parents that have kids in comp teams, you know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Traveling all and, the time, going to the Vegas tournaments, because that's where all the comp stuff is. Yeah. Or it'll be Vegas or it'll be like outside of Merced, 
yeah. which I don't understand. It's like super weird. Why they end up going there. <laughs> but uh, but but what's what's always scary with me is, and I did sports in high school, is that sports lock people into their purpose and their priority. Yeah. And 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 again, that doesn't have to be evil, mm-hmm. but when it makes the sport the top priority and the top purpose, and if that's not what the students like overall identity is then that's kind of dangerous. Yeah. And and this is where I I say we could do a whole episode on this about parents having a discernment on when a, a sport and an expectation of the coaches and the teams and the league is too much. When they're making the sport have to be the top priority for yeah. your student and for their life. That's dangerous. And anything that does that in your life, not yeah. just sports, right? But And I think on the on the flip side of that too, um you could say, "All right, fine. Busyness is a bad thing, then I'm just going to go all the way on the other side and just be lazy mm. and I'm going to play on my phone and I'm going to play video games and, and, and all of those things. And you're like, well, at least I'm not Netflix as busy. binge. Yeah, yeah. Netflix binge. I mean, that's something that binging is, is a huge thing. Now everyone binges. I do it. Um, I'm pretty sure most of the parents that are listening to this do it. Yeah. I confess, mean, strange, confess more of this. Strange, <laughs> stranger things. My parents are talking to me about stranger things right now. They are, they're binging it right now. And, they're and if you don't know what that is, it. that is a TV series on Netflix. It's a TV wow. series on Netflix. It's probably one of the best TV series you will ever see. Don't go binge it right now, but watch it one episode every week. So you're not as busy, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So binging is, is such a huge thing and it, it makes us feel, Oh, we're not, being as busy so we can watch TV, but actually there's still a sense of busyness in that because you're avoiding doing life. Mm-hmm. And and often very that, helpful. that comes from being overloaded, Yeah, that they lose motivation. And so those addictive games, those addictive practices, yeah. um, they, they draw people in. And, yeah. uh, and so sometimes what happens is with all these expectations, um, they either default to doing something that's brainless to avoid facing the the feeling they have or they get themselves more busy in order to avoid facing the issues that are going on in their life. Yeah. Now now we want to be clear though. There are lots of people that are successful and thriving in sports. And they um they can be in a deep relationship with the Lord. There are a lot of people that are active in creative arts and in music and yeah. and they're doing all that. Absolutely. And they can be in a dynamic relationship with the Lord. And and there's people with grades and, you know, you can go through all these and there are people that do it, but there are people that tended to have taken the time to go, what is the priority and how does it fit with the overall purpose of my identity with Christ? And yeah. so, so it's not the whole like sports are evil or music's evil or school's evil, or these are the things that are choking out your kids. No, it's, it's the wisdom and the discernment to go. I know where my identity is. I know What's the real priorities and purposes and not just for the now and not just for my future of college, but for eternity. And that big picture is the hardest part, right? Yeah. Is to get teens to go, this is not just about college and you getting a good job. I think what that makes me think of is if you look at every organization or business that is doing anything, they always have what? They have a mission statement and they have something that uh, applies to that mission statement. And everything that organization does goes back to the mission statement. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything that is out of their values. And I think that's a great model for us as human beings to have a mission statement for our life. If our goals are to become the best soccer player ever, then you need to focus your life on becoming the best soccer player ever. But if your most important thing in life is to grow in your relationship with the Lord, then your decisions should reflect that. Yeah. And I think 
idea that just comes to my head right now is what if every person in your household decided um, their mission statement for their life and uh, their priority list, if you will, and they wrote it on a piece of paper and they nailed it to their door. And every time they walk into their room, they see that this is their priority. So the next time they have a coach tell them that they have double days for the next month and a half, or the next time they have a teacher that tells them they want to do extracurricular activities or extra extra stuff, they can say no to those things because it doesn't fall in line with their priorities. Mm-hmm. And we have to go back to that. And I, I have leadership. Um, I have people in leadership high leadership in a lot of different organizations tell me so many times, hey, have a vision, talk about the vision all the time and then reassess it and then reassess it and then reassess it. Yeah. And that's how, how that's how ministries go. That's how organizations grow. And so the same thing with our lives as a family, we should be going back to our mission statement as a family and say, okay, is this something that we want to do because it goes with our mission statement or should we say no to this because this is not what we truly value? Mm-hmm. And know, parents, that the things that we sometimes tend to make the high values and priorities, we do it because it makes us look good or feel good, but only in the short term. Yeah. And so that's where you're helping your your sons and daughters figure out that bigger perspective. Exactly. And and doing that with a mission statement or a value. And I know that there's somebody probably listening going, yeah, but that's not real life because as an adult, I don't get a chance to always decide what my priority or value is. And that's where I would want to speak to some of you parents and go – if you feel that trapped in and your job and all the expectations on you, I, I want you to have the freedom to know that you have the ability to go, no, God has this as my values and my purposes. And I've and I've set that along with him and he's going to take care of me. And you can say no to things. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. I can't, I have to take care of my family. No, like if God wants you to be centered on him and have the purpose on him, he'll do that with you. Yeah, and absolutely. And so um, one other factor, and then we're going to finish with just a little bit about um, uh, what the scripture says about this, is that there's a lot of complexity and opportunity in our day and age. And because we can do so much, students do so much. Because yeah. now we live in a day where people can cheaply go anywhere and there's limit, limitless opportunities to do things. We can access terabytes of information quickly. And so we have so much that we have to sift through, right? If you're going to type in something on your phone or on a tablet or on a computer, there's a lot you can watch, read, listen to, so on, so on. And then we have this ability to stay up past sundown because this wasn't the same type of issue in the past because people would just go to bed once it got dark. <laughs> like yeah. they would do some stuff at their homes. But now it's like we can sit up on a device because we have Wi-Fi nonstop and yeah. you can sit up till one in the morning. And then that plays in. And and then the, all the opportunities that are offered, whether it's from schools or it's, it has to do with leisure or travel or education and even churches. See, churches struggle with this, that we almost offer too many things. There's too much complexity and there's too many opportunities. And then there's so much that people can pick out of, and so they keep picking yeah. stuff. So, But let's talk about what the Bible says about this. So I'm going to start with one, and then I'm going to have Cliff. I'm going to have Cliff talk about another one in Hebrews. But one verse that's always stood out to me as kind of a significant piece is Luke 8, 14. And this is Jesus talking about the parable of the sower and about going around and throwing seed and how the seed falls in different places and that in those different places, some things die and some things grow up. Right, And then after he gives that parable, he then goes and unpacks it with his disciples. And this is what he says about the seed that falls among the thorns. He says, and as for the word that fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out 
by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And that that part of the parable has always stood out to me because that's what I feel like I've watched happen with the word of God and with opportunities for people to go deeper is that they get choked out. But yeah. it's not that they're getting choked out by pleasure or that they're getting choked out by um, – you know, like like the, the the desire and the lust of these things, I think that they get choked out by the busyness of they're doing so much for their cares, for their riches, um, for pleasure, and that because of that, there's not even space yeah. for it to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing that comes to my mind is Hebrews 12, 1, that says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And a couple points we can look at in that verse is, we, you can't throw something off unless you know what needs to be thrown off. Mm-hmm. So we feel this weight that we have um, all the time and we want to get rid of it, but we also don't really understand which things need to get thrown off and which things are getting entangled and on all, all of that. Yeah. It goes back to the idea of our priorities, goes back to the idea of values, um, but it's also self-awareness of being known, okay, what am I taking too much on and what is some things I need to say no to and what part of my day should I not do anything. Yeah. And what I like about that Hebrews one is it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin. And I always go, okay, sin, we tend to go, okay, I need to avoid these. Yeah. But this is telling us that there's things that hinder us that aren't sinful, Mm -hmm. but they hinder us and they entangle us. Yeah. And so I go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That to me is where busyness plays into that verse so well, because it's like a lot of the things we're talking about, education, sports, extracurricular, they're not sinful. Yeah. But they are hindrances. Exactly. And they are entangling your teens. Exactly. So that's really important. And then one last one, and I encourage you to read the whole book, but the the prophet Haggai in chapter one, um, he comes in and he's he's a prophet that comes in and tells the people that they need to get back to the goal of rebuilding the temple of God after they've returned. Yeah. And he and he gets to a point where he speaks in, you know, for the Lord and he says, My house remains in ruin while each of you is busy with his or her own house. And, and it's this whole passage, and he'll say that they're trying to do all these things and they never feel satisfied. And he says, it's because my, my house, the place where you encounter me in worship, is destroyed still. It hasn't been repaired. It hasn't been built up. But you're so busy with your own house that you don't even have time to get to it. And then as a prophet, he comes in and ends up sparking life and preaching into that. And mm-hmm. it's really cool because if you read on in that chapter, the people get stirred up by the spirit of the Lord yeah. and they start rebuilding the temple. It becomes a focus again. And so those are a couple of verses out of many that we can talk about with this. But what we're going to do is in our next episode, we're going to spend some time talking about what can your teenagers do and what can you do as a parent with this issue of busyness? Because we can all agree on the reasons, um, the background, yeah. the context mm-hmm. and how important of an issue this is. But now we have to go, what do you do? And yeah. so we encourage you to, to make sure to listen in on the next episode that's going to address those more practical pieces. And we want to thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast. And we encourage you to email us with questions. You can email us at um, cwoodward at bridgeway.church or mbach at bridgeway.church so that we can uh, you know kind of take some of your questions and be talking about these on the podcast. Um, you'll hear us next time. Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bach and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.